Welcome back to the Draft Champions podcast. I'm here. It's been a while, but we're back. We didn't forget about any of you. We just uh, we just had some things in to do that were more important, I guess. Um, Graham, what's up, buddy? Well, I guess I am one of those things. I got married. Congratulations. So I've, I've, I've talked to you. Like, we're just, yeah. I'm, I'm congratulating you for the purposes of, of all of our fans. I'm, thank you. I'm putting it out there for the listeners who are probably horribly disappointed and don't know what to do with the like 60,000 other baseball podcasts that probably filled their hour with. Oh, I thought they, made, they were all disappointed because you're married. Like all of our listeners just like wanted a piece of you. Oh, probably. Yeah, obviously. That's why I got, that's, that's why I brought you onto the show. You're, you're, the, if you've, you're the, you're the hot commodity. If you've met me, I'm delightful. Yeah, you are. You're, you're great. You're great. Like are like, I've always wanted a co-host for this show because like, let's, let's, let's be frank. Right. Like, like I've seen like Matt Williams added a co-host for his show. You see that Brian Seymour is now a co-host. I did. I love Matt Williams podcast too. So yeah. that pod is probably going to be awesome because I like the Roto. What's it called? It, it used to be called something. And then he called it something else. Brian's podcast. Roto Roto boy. Maybe, yeah. Oh, Roto, Roto, um, okay, that's me. What do you call that? Roto, was, that, was, that, was, that was his name on the forums. Uh, oh. Roto Wager. And now Roto Wager, yeah. Anyways, we're spending too much time talking about this, but then also I thought, I think SP Streamer added a, a co-host. I don't know who it was. I didn't know who he added yet, but I think I saw he was looking for one on Twitter. So, um, like, I should probably add one too. Um, I got some, like, obviously, like, you have to go through the interview, interview process. Um, I, I got a couple of questions for you, if you don't mind. Yeah, go. Um, are are you are you are you male? Yes. Do you identify as a male? No. Ooh, okay. That helps. That helps. Um, are you white? Unfortunately. Okay. Well, you know what? Well, I'll I'll have to get, I'll have to get back to you on this. Um, I'll have to I'll have to get back because you my know. my white guilt is shown. Yeah, you know, you know what? I I can't promise you anything, but like I'll have like we'll 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 we'll, re- we'll, we'll reach out we'll we'll reach out to you and we'll let you know either way how um it goes. But yeah, yeah, throw that recipe in the garbage. Okay, okay, let's move move on. Um, so um, how's it going? Like you, you said, you just got married. Um, I guess obviously it's a little bit different because it's uh COVID and shit like that and and whatever. But um, how are you doing? You're you're near Waterloo, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Cambridge. Cambridge, yeah, that like that COVID's actually like that's a hot spot for COVID in Ontario. It's a hot spot for COVID, yeah. Delta variants are uh, screwing people over, and uh, I don't know. We've got I think everywhere else is opening up slowly except for here. Yeah, you guys, you guys are you guys are shutting down. I haven't seen yeah. people get screwed over over something named Delta get, since uh, I flew Delta. <laughs> <laughs> I get I get my second shot on Wednesday though, and my wife just got hers so. Nice, nice, good. nice. I got my. I'm already two weeks post my second shot, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So you I think are, I'm still, you I'm are still immune to, to coronavirus. I mean, yeah, I'm good. Some fun facts back, and there's been a lot of shit that's going on Twitter like lately. Uh, we were talking just maybe for a minute before we started, just about how just everyone loves to be upset about stuff. Like we've brought you have brought people to tears with your fun facts, both in laughter and hurt. I, I I hope so. I don't know if that's true or not, but like I, I hope I 
mostly mostly the laughter part because I don't think the people that um, are in my fun facts listen to my show, but it might. Mike Mike the Mouse was pretty upset about your fun facts. Was he? You, well, you stole them from him. Oh yeah. So, oh, so yeah. if he if he's not crying about you making fun of his fun facts, he's crying that you stole them. From him. I plagiarized actually his fun facts. Oh no, that's plagiarism. No, no, but yeah, no, but Mike the Mouth cries all the time. That's not, that's not surprising about him. Like, that's not surprising that he's upset. So I don't really care that Mike's upset about that. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, we even, like, it's been such a long time. Like, there's been a lot that's been going on. Um, there's the, like, I actually made, like, a bracket, like, the worst white, worst white people on Twitter bracket. Here's a, here's a worst Zach on Twitter. No, I was actually up against another Zach. Yeah, and it was like, which Zach is the worst? Yeah, but it wasn't just about Zach's. It was just about it was about white people. Being I voted for you. I voted for me too. I voted for me. I voted for me from like my account and the podcast account. I wanted you to be the worst Zach. I wanted. I, I, I really wanted. To, I really thought it like like the, the baseball pods bracket was fine. Like I made it. We made it to the second round. But like I really wanted to win this one. And they, they shut it down, right? Yeah, they shut it down. Like obviously he he um had to put his tail between his legs and uh, shut that down because um, uh, his daddies at pitcher list told him that uh, he was the naughty boy and he couldn't, uh, he couldn't, uh, uh, he couldn't uh, be doing such naughty things, even though um, he feels that he should. But um, anyways, that happened. There's been like a lot of stuff that's been going on. Um, I don't even remember, but like people just love being upset. I don't know. I think they just enjoy, it's sort of like a paradox, but like they enjoy being upset. Anyways, I only have three fun facts because like I said, I've been busy. I just did them right before, um, right, right before, um, we started, um, uh, recording. Um, so there was the bracket and like, I don't know, I'm probably remember, like, I think there's a stuff like about, um, victory labs with, with Dave, right. People were getting really upset about that. I think what was that related to was that might've been related to DeGrom or, um, some pitchers getting injured. I think pe like people, uh, sort of, flew off the handle on that. And then like, I think right after that, like, like there just keeps like worse things just keep happening. So like, that was like, people thought that was bad. Then like the white man bracket came out and everyone was pissed about that. And then the Trevor Bauer thing happened with like, Oh people, yeah. Poor Eric Cross got in trouble. Yeah. With Eric Cross and Eric Cross did nothing wrong. Um, but then people started to like, like go after him and, the people, those people like that Jared guy from baseball perspectives. I think that's, is it baseball perspectives? Well, I have no idea. Have no is idea. the thing called baseball perspectives? Yes. That's the website. BP. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's, baseball I, perspectives. I, it's not my fault. I can't look it up because he's blocked me. So I don't know what, where he's from. Um, but this guy, Jared Siedler, I think. Uh, and then Nick Francona was getting into me. I think, the, is that Terry Francona's son? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That's what you told me. He I don't know. He's a tough guy, but he's, he's a tough guy, but he's, he's, um, he's, he got into a little bit. And, and uh, I showed you, but I showed you about how I went back after him with my podcast account and he didn't know it was me. Yeah. And he yeah. was like uh, something about Zach and his shit. Yeah. So he told me to eat shit. And then like, I, I replied for my podcast, my podcast account, which has my name on it. And I said, yeah, Zach should eat shit. Like you're so right. And then he gave me the, he gave me the props and then I gave him the props back. And then he just, and then like, it took him a day to realize that was me. So then he deleted it. So <laughs> what an idiot anyways. Um, so want, want some fun facts? I want some fun facts. All right, here we go. 
There's only three, so savor them. It's not gonna be five. So it's not it's not gonna be it's not gonna be all there's not gonna be a whole podcast thing. These are just one facts. Okay. So not to toot my own horn, but I'm right now first overall in the online auction. First overall. You're in the top 10 in the NFBC 50s, which have like over 2,000 entries. Yeah, that's 3,000. Wow. I haven't been this obsessed with a pair of overalls since I looked at Mikey Ajato's profile picture. Oh my God. That was funny. Thanks. I didn't know where you were going with that. That's actually pretty funny. Thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks, man. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, we were talking, a lot of people Dave, gave my good friend, Dave McDonald, shit over taking victory laps. Fuck it. I like them. He insists he's never taken a victory lap as a result of an injury. Well, that would be like Tanya Harding saying, I've never taken a victory lap as a result of an injury. Uh, uh, Sorry, Dave. <laughs> I'm on Dave's side. He knows that. I'm just, it's just a cheap joke. Um, all right. One of my favorite movies, this is the last one. One of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm not making this up, is Inception, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. For those of you who don't know, the movie is a thriller in which, Leo's, which Leo enters a dream within a dream and is tasked with implant, implanting an idea in a person's subconscious or inception. At the end of the movie, it has the audience on the edge of their seats with respect to if they're actually in the dream world or still in reality. I haven't seen such confusion between fantasy and reality since Jared Siedler and Nick Francona made fools of themselves on Twitter. I saw that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's it. Well, maybe we all move forward with this. And uh, Trevor Bauer has questionable fantasy value, but he's a terrible human being. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't. I'm not gonna comment on Trevor Bauer's person or anything to do with what he's done. This is a fantasy-related show, and we only talk about fantasy-relevant things, despite what we've done for the last twenty minutes. Yeah, we've just talked about a whole lot of bullshit and nothing about baseball. So I'm a giant hypocrite right now, but in terms of Trevor Bauer, I will only talk about him. If we, if we do talk about him, fantasy value, because those are two different things. Trevor Bauer within a fantasy game has nothing to do with Trevor Bauer as an individual. I think he was, he was like Park Place, and now he's like uh, the Purple Ones. Yeah. I can't remember what what the purple ones are called in Monopoly. Oh, man, Baltic and Mediterranean? Yeah, there he Baltic is. Baltic and um, yeah. Mediterranean? Yeah, he's, he's, his value has taken a significant hit in the silly game that we play. Well, you'd think so, but I've been in three um, best ball leagues that are post-All-Star break best ball drafts. Oh, yeah. And um, I can tell you where he's gone in these drafts, actually. Well, the first one doesn't matter because the first one was, um, he was drafted before any of the news came out about him. Right. In the second draft, he went in the fifth round. This is the best ball. And um, so um, NFBC format, the pitching is a little bit like um, devalued, I'd say. Like um, hitting, hit, there's a premium on hitting just in terms of how the points go. Um, not everyone not everyone knows that. Not everyone agrees to that. But I, but I believe that anyone you've talked to, I've had Jason Cuffs on and I've had, you've talked to any of the, any of the best ball guys, um, like even Derek Rhodes, I think. Um, they'll all tell you that they, that it's, um, definitely a, a premium hitting. Now Bauer went, um, I'm trying to, let's look at this draft here. He's still getting drafted. Dude. 
Oh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, he's eventually going to get picked, but like he's still getting picked in like the first, I don't know, 150 picks. Oh, yeah, this in this, in this other, so he went in the fifth round, so that would have been in the first 60 picks. Um, Holy smokes. And then he went in the eighth round of this draft. And um, honestly, like I thought I would, like I thought I would get the, I would, I, I would, I would look to draft him at a certain point. Like there's all you're looking at is risk and reward, risk and reward versus um, your ex, the expected fantasy points. So right. yeah, I don't know why this needs to be said, but we're just looking at it from a fantasy point of view. Um, now there's obviously the chance that he doesn't play a single game for the rest of this year. And we're just talking about redraft leagues. So we're just talking about this year. There's obviously that that's obviously a, a possibility. I don't know. Like in my, in my mind, um, that's yeah. Like I said, that's a possibility, but there's also a possibility that he ends up pitching a lot of games. I'm not going to, and I'm not going to get into the reasons why that could happen, but I, but I will say that I, what I do know is that they, that he's on like, I think um, leave, but that's only for seven days. So I don't, I don't know if it's like football because Adrian Peterson, they were put, they put him on the commissioner's list and um, they, um, they could just, they just held him out indefinitely. Yeah. This is something to do with the PA though, right? I don't don't know. So like, I I don't know after the seven days. So they call it like after the all-star break, what happens? So like, we know what's progressed in real life and it's all, um, it it's it seems a little bit weird how how that things have ha- how things have happened like why wasn't he re- why isn't he arrested so I heard no. I heard that the um, like I heard this I can't remember which game I was watching they, they were talking about it and they said that because he's under criminal investigation by the police um, MLB would like to speak to him but they can't even speak to him because if they do, then that conversation can be subpoenaed, hmm. which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. So it could be this like indefinite holding period, you know, like until, yeah. I'm guessing until like the wheels of justice move forward, whichever direction they're going to move forward, MLB will react, I'm guessing. And that is when we'll have some clarity as to what, could I think that, that, that could take a month. Yeah, and that would that would involve him not playing or playing, or would they eventually like have to just let him play until it like where does the onus fall? Like I don't know. Um, it would probably be dependent on what the PA had to say, right? PA is, is going to be obligated to take his side. So exactly, I think it, like I think if they if they do restrict him from playing, it's going to be MLB doing that probably. And he'd be paid probably. He'd, I, I'd assume he'd, he'd be unpaid, like leave or whatever, because like there's been no, like I don't think there's been a decision yet in terms of like his real life fate. So could you, could you imagine like that with the, the labor crisis, not the labor crisis, but the labor negotiation that's upcoming, if they tried to set that precedent of just like you're suspended without pay, like the players would go nuts. Man, like everyone's probably like, I don't want to touch with a t- touch with a, t- with a ten foot pole. What do you mean? Like, like I don't think like anyone really wants to like draw a line in the sand. Like, I don't think MLB does. I don't think the oh. Dodgers want to. Um, like, yeah, even it's, like it's a it's a fucking tinderbox waiting to go off. It would be quite something if this is like the Archduke of Ferdinand, whatever, like First World War. Yeah, 
Chinese prison man gets killed and everybody starts killing everybody. Yeah, so I think it's a huge range of outcomes, but if you're like, if you're playing for a lot of money and, and, and again, I don't, I don't know why this has to be said, but like, I think obviously like if, if he, if he's, if he's done anything wrong, then obviously like he's a terrible person, but if you, if you own him in a fantasy league, or if you're looking to own him in a fantasy league, that that's going to like, you're just, you're, all you, all you care about is you're not, you're not going to really care about, Trevor Bauer, you just want to care about making money in this fantasy league. Now, if he's going to recruit good stats for you, regardless of how much of a piece of shit he is, then um, like obviously any rational person can separate a fantasy game from actual real life. And this is just a fantasy game. So um, what he's done, like it's, he's just a name with stats. That's all it is. It's not, it's not an actual person. The same way as you can say, like I own Trevor Bauer because you don't, you're not saying I own the person just owning a name with stats next to it. So it doesn't mean anything. So looking at all these things that we don't know, risk reward, I'd probably be looking to take him around pick 250 in these drafts. So he's going a lot, like these, these players are taking him a lot sooner than I am, um, than I'd be comfortable with. I don't think, I, I think there, I think there is a pretty big risk that he doesn't play again and wow. shouldn't, and shouldn't play again um, this year. So I think that risk is pretty big. What do you think? An, an analogy that actually struck me here just to like last year, um, not that the circumstances are all the same, but was to Zach Wheeler, like right before the short season, because you got like two months of season left, and Wheeler was talking about how he wasn't going to play, like at all, because of the birth of his kid, and I forgot because about that. of all of the uncertainty, and I can't remember where it was like what round it was, but I popped him super late in a couple drafts for last season. And obviously it worked out really well because ended up pitching for the Bulls and it was great. Um, but I would think it would have to be at that kind of uh, acquisition cost for me to jump on um, Bauer at this point. Yeah, so you think the fifth round's too high? I, I think the fifth, uh, fifth round, round is way too high. Like I think even eighth round is way too high. Yeah, it's so tough on her pick. I wouldn't do that. No, like I said, like he's he's a guy that. Where would I? You know what? I sort of equate it to like where Fran Valdez was being taken um, when he like right when like after after they said he's going to be out for the season, and then they said, oh wait 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 a second, like this is like completely unclear. So this is like back in March when Fran Valdez was going for like a buck in auctions, even though and like this is, I mean after they said he might not be out for the season, but it's just like, it's completely up in the air. That's where I sort of say Trevor Bauer's value is right now in, in these in these new drafts. You'll throw a dollar down for you. Yeah, I'd say like, if this was an auction, which is not, I'd say like um, a buck or two. That's, yeah. I'd say that's what he's worth in terms of risk of value, in terms of what what he's going to, what he could, what, what the range of outcomes he could accrue um, just purely from a fantasy sports game name versus stats thing nothing else right that's what i think he's worth if you're looking at him if you're looking at him as a monetary transaction yeah yeah i I think that sums it up pretty well if if you own him in dynasty like i don't really know what you're supposed to do other than sit on no yeah i think um yeah like eric gotten some shit for that but like um yeah and i I'd, i'd say you just 
if you, if you own Trevor Bauer and let's say you will, you have a $1,000 dynasty league that you play in and then you have Trevor Bauer on your roster. Um, what do you do? You don't, no one's going to trade for him. Um, if, if you, yeah. If you get no, you just told, I, I have Trevor Bauer in dynasty leagues. Am I trying to trade him? No, I'm just, whatever. It's like, his, it's, it sucks. Yeah. He sucks. And it sucks anyways. Uh, but um, everything about it is bad. So do you want to talk about some fab? Sure. Or I got some, a uh, couple, couple of quick hits here. All right. We can do that first. What's your, um, what's the, what's the deal with Nick Pavetta? He did great today. I don't know. I don't trust and him. He's, he's been shitting his pants and he's been great. He's man. It's almost like he's what he was with the Phillies, but he's better when he's good. Hmm. I think he's like I, I think he's in I think he's definitely like a, an ownable asset in these 15 team leagues. I think he's basically a fringe player in 12s. I think he's basically a guy that's like I think he's a streamer in 12 teamers. That's what he is. That's what that's what I see him as. A streamer, eh? A streamer in 12s. I think he's good good potential for wins because he's in a good offensive team. Um I think he is like he's shown to have like a pretty high floor actually. Um and um like he's like i don't know like he, i i see him very similarly to like domingo herman not to keep bringing up like outstanding <laughs> but like i don't know like, i wasn't purposely saying that but i think like in terms of like um like a, f- a fantasy asset like i think um herman's a good comp for pavetta what do you like what do you, how do you see him so i was like the reason this came up is because i have a lot of pavetta and he's been doing very well um, but like especially at the start of the year but i was sorting i'm trying to bring it up on fan graphs as a Canadian radio um by csw since june 1st and he popped off the page there because I, I i just picked june 1st as the arbitrary start point for like the ball being changed or not the ball for the no more sticky with the icky. um so it, it seemed to me that he was still doing well. And he's just been bad at times. I don't really know what to do. Yeah, so he's 44th of qualifying starters in CFW. It's not amazing, but it's, it's certainly there. Like the names that are around him are uh, Julio Urias, Ian Anderson. Yeah, they're actually, he's right between those two. I think he's like, I think he is like, he's on the trajectory up. Actually, I think he's got, he's been like, he's been doing well lately. I kind of like him. Like, I remember Jeff Zimmerman did a bit last year at the end of the year about how the Red Sox have changed the round slot. I think you talked about this on, on our show um, probably months ago. I think I asked you to ask uh, Chris Coletta about things. Chris, yeah. the Boston guy about it. Yeah, you did actually. That's what it was. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's my Nick Pavetta moment. And then we we talked about Joe Ross. What do you see there? Oh man, Joe Ross. Um, like I haven't like honestly admitted like I haven't dove deep into him yet. But like just like his um his numbers, just like he's 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 really good, and he's like locked into that rotation. He might be like their second best pitcher right now, next to Max Scherzer. Hmm. Like who else? Do they have? Like he's better than he's better than John Lester. 
It's better than Patrick Corbin. Better than Patrick Corbin. Like I'd rather have it easily rather have Joe Ross in um, foreshadowing a bit. I, I got like going in fab. Like I know it's some 12 teamers, but um, man, like he, I got him uncontested again. Like after this week, I was, I got him in a couple of these last week, but like, again, like he didn't get the win today, but he struck at 11. Um, he's like, oh, like, I'm really interested in like him and Patrick Sandoval. Like those, those two guys are interested. Like Joe Ross, he's a first round pick. Like people forget about that, I think. Or I, I'm saying people forget about it because I forgot about it. Um, and um, like, man, like I'm just looking at his, like I'm just looking at his stats right now. Um, almost like almost a strike in an inning, which is good. And like it's, that's definitely been uh, like on the trajectory up. Um, uh, let's look at his uh, swinging strike rate. Uh, I think he he added a pitch or something. Swinging strike rate's okay. It's eleven point two, um, but what oh, I think this is what I think this is what I liked about him. Uh, no, that wasn't him. Never mind. Um, I feel like he added a pitch. I'm gonna figure out. Okay, crush, crush number three. He he's actually uh, four four down on the report. He's at forty three from like four down from Pavetta. Um, oh, like that, like better? No, uh, oh. that is at forty-four. Okay, so he's like forty-eight. Yeah, so I think this it, it's a marginal difference though. Pavetta is at twenty-seven point three CSW, and Ross is at twenty-six point eight. So I call that a wash personally. Yeah, I think. Um, who would you rather have between the two of them? Oh, that's a good question. I. Instinct right now, gun to my head, I'd probably take Ross just because it's the NL. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I I take Ross for sure as well. I think I don't know what it is, just I I just I, I just think like they're both like they're both like I said traje- like they're both trending up in my mind, but um I think uh, Ross just um he, I just have more confidence in him because just um he's just been like ever like it seems like every one of these 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 last couple starts he's just been like. Um, He's just been getting like getting better and better like these last couple start these last couple starts. They're remarkably similar. Thrown in there too is my uh, draft and hold darling Wade Miley. You, Wade Miley's a draft and hold darling of yours. I drafted him so much this year, like really four years around. I did not know that. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. It's because you were so into uh, all the other reds, and I was like, oh, just take four and old Miley. And you were like, nah, man, I got to get Jose Dorian and like the 40 other reds pitchers that you were like obsessed with. Yeah. And it turns out that Miley's actually been the best of them all. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that work? Here's a funny, funny segue, too. Are you concerned about Tyler Molly? Hmm. Yeah, a little bit. Well, yeah, I think I think that's just a segue into everything spin related. And um, uh, Matt Williams and and John they did a great podcast on that. You should go listen to that if you're if you're listening to this for sure. But um, it's all those pictures like heading into this year, like well, not heading in, but I think I realized as the year was starting, I'm like, look at like Julio Julio Urias and all these other Dodger guys, I think um, Kenley Jansen, they all were adding spin. They all like had a tick up. Like they all just seemed like better pitchers, like with, Tre- with Trevor Bauer, sorry for mentioning his name, but like, I think he's, he's like, he's helping them cheat. I think he helped his teammates cheat. And you'll see, you saw that last year, like Trevor Bauer helped Molly Sims, um, um, Sonny Gray. I believe all those guys were cheating the same way he was cheating. And 
it was fine when no one was caring about it. But now that people are caring about it, yeah, like I am a little bit concerned about Molly, like the same way people are concerned with Giolito and and Cole, like where there's smoke, there's fire. Like look at what Josh Donaldson's like going out on a limb and saying like with Giolito, like this is all like, it's pretty serious. Like I think, and I think like I was thinking about this, I, I was thinking about this earlier today and I think it's some, I know I'm, I'm not really avoiding your question because I'm, I'm answering it saying that, yeah, I am concerned with Molly, but I think like, basically all pitchers, like if you're like doing like projections or you're, you're looking at historical stats, I think it's, it's almost like you gotta, like, it's basically two different pitchers you have now um, with like Cole, like, and you, you gotta look at like, basically he's a completely different pitcher. Giolito's a completely different pitcher. Molly, all these guys, Julio Urias, um, Garrett, Garrett Richards for sure. Um, but um, like, it's almost like you, you can't, you can't even use their stats from before the pre sticky stuff. Yeah. They've completely, it's completely changed the game. It's, it's like, like, it's huge. I took Garrett Cole at like one four in my Memorial Day draft. And I was ecstatic about that. I took him one, one. Yeah. I remember when I did that draft twice. And like I, I would never do that again. But well, I didn't. Uh, I didn't know what I was like. I didn't know what was coming. Like obviously not. I would have taken a hitter if if that like at this point like like knowing what I know now. But like hindsight's twenty twenty. Like that's right. that's poker. Like what are you gonna do? You're gambling. It's it's yeah. you're, you're playing you're playing a game which is gambling. And there's a lot of stuff that's luck involved. And I'd say that if you drafted Garrett Cole or Giolito or whoever you did like in, the, in those Memorial Day drafts then you got unlucky. Going back to that um, Giolito Donaldson thing, if, yeah. if anybody out there hasn't watched the whole 10-minute interview where Donaldson basically just, one talks like he's a WWE wrestler for half. I actually haven't seen it. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I like heard about it, but I haven't yeah, seen it. The first, the first half, he's like sitting there with his frosted tips, and he's like, just basically being classic JD, where he's like, "Yeah, I got Tra- trailer his- park, trailer park JD." Yeah, I got in his face, and he was a little bitch. He didn't come at me, and I was coming <laughs> at him, and I was like, "What are you gonna do about it?" But then, like the second half of that interview, he started like breaking down, just like how he perceived Giolito as a pitcher, um, and just how how Giolito's uh, fastball used to rise a lot and that's how you get all those awkward check swings and he was talking about how the night before very few of him and his teammates were having a hard time laying off the fastball because it doesn't have to give you up like it used to and yeah it was just it was really fascinating listening to someone who's clearly like i can't remember rob's description when we did like our first ever recording but rob had a really good description of josh Donaldson on here but it's just like he is like he's he's a professional hitter, like just through and through. And listening to someone talk about their craft against someone like John, like against someone like Peter Julio, was really interesting. So, hmm. yeah, I'd say go find that interview. And if you don't want to listen to the fucking Macho Man Randy Savage, fast forward to like five minutes. I'm gonna I'm gonna find that for sure. Yeah. So Joe Ross, he like ditched the curveball, and I'm trying to look here. Oh, he sinker. So he, like he, he, he ditched his curveball and he like reduced uh, the four seamer and then he's just gone up. He's gone with the sinker. 
Did he do that after the start where he got fucking hammered back in like April or whatever it was? I think that, I, well, this is just a rolling average from like 2018. So it oh, looks okay. like, like it looks like it's like, um, yeah, well, yeah, no, like the, the, the curveball was ditched like, um, starting like, yeah, like late April. And then all this stuff is like trending, um, because I had him in a couple of weeks. I, I picked him up to stream him, and he got absolutely lit. Like yeah, nine, I remember that. I didn't have him for that, but I remember nine that Nine earned or something, or eight earned, and I dropped him, and I didn't get back in. kind of sucked. Yeah. I was so thankful I didn't pick him up that week, but then I got him. I picked him up another week where he had a good, a good matchup or matchups. I think maybe he had the Mets, and um, I forget, but um, – I picked him up that I've, I've actually held him ever since. And I picked him up in a couple other leagues this, this, this week, um, some 12s even. He was, he was a pitcher I was targeting the most this, this week. Yeah, I had the highest bids of any pitcher on him, of any, for any pitcher on him. Did you get him in the main? I, uh, he, he, I had him in the main already. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I had him in my, like my, in my good main. I already, I already owned him. So um, in the other main, I don't know. I don't think he was available. Uh, next bit I have jotted down here. Um, are you worried about shutdowns? Trevor Rogers, Shane McClanahan. No. Uh, Freddie Peralta, Brady Singer. Not that you're worried about Brady Singer, but just guys no. like that. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um, Trevor Rogers, what they say, 80 innings left. Yeah. That's going to put him at like, what's he at? Like right now, like 80 something. That's going to put him between like 160, 170. Like, man, like he's going to be like, he's going to have a tough time getting there anyways. Like, like what, what is that? Like one or two starts, maybe like they might have to manage them a little bit stuff happens in between. Um, yeah. They might skip a start here or there, but like Rogers now, not worried about him. Um, it seems like they're like, if they're already like, they're saying 80 more innings, that's, that's still like a significant amount of innings. Like, like I think at the beginning of this year, we were concerned about anyone throwing 160 versus what their work, what workload was last year. So if they're already saying that he's going to be like 160, 170, whatever, when it's all said and done, like, fuck, like no worries there. Peralta, I haven't heard them say any numbers, but like he's been like, they need him. Um, he's shown no signs of like, um, like he's been super consistent Peralta. And um, like, he's like, definitely like they, they want him to be a starter going forward. They need to be careful about him like any other young pitcher, but um, yeah, like he's probably not going to like, I think they're probably going to be careful with him, but um, I think it's going to be like, like I always think about it like this. Like, is it going to change your drafting decisions? Like, like thinking about his usage? No, it's sort of like, like, like it's not going to materially change the user of like, you're the user of the information as a drafter or as an owner, it's not going to change your decision-making. Like it's not going to make you value him like less than someone else that's going to be around him. I don't think. What do you, do you agree? Do you agree with that? I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to read what teams are going to do. I think it could get really difficult. Um, like it's going to be like, and weeklies or whatever, where you're pitching locks on Monday, it's like Freddie Peralta's set to go on Wednesday against Kansas City or something. And Wednesday yeah. comes and they're like, well, we're skipping him. Like, that's, I think that shit's going to happen all the time and it's going to be really annoying. Mm, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. No, I admit that that's something I wasn't really considering when I was saying that. That could happen. Like, that could happen. That could screw you, like, in a weekly league. Like, obviously, with, like, the leagues were discussing the NFBC. 
Um, like, because teams teams don't give a shit about fantasy, right? Like, they're not going to be forthcoming about who's pitching on this. No, of course not. Um, yeah, like that could happen. Like, that's going to be like that would be that would be unfortunate. So, I guess if you have pitchers that like could be managed, then like you have to you got to be careful about that. Um, but at the same token, like you've seen, like. Um, I think you had DeGrom in your lineup one of the weeks and he just didn't, pay, he didn't start that week because you had to start him. So just like any top tier pitcher, like DeGrom, obviously DeGrom is an extreme example because he's like the best pitcher on, on the planet, but um, you're, you're not sitting Freddie Peralta. You're not sitting Trevor Rogers at any point in time, just because you're afraid that they might be skipped. Um, it's another story. If like, if like there's smoke and like the managers are saying we might skip him. But usually, like, if there's, I think usually, like, um, if they're talking about skipping them, they're usually coming out with news that, like, yeah, we will skip them. So, like, you, like if, if they're talking about it, you probably will know in advance. Um, like, I'm not worried about missing a week of Trevor Rogers. Like, I can live with that. That's not going to, like I said, that's not going to change his value materially. But it, it, the, the problem is, is, like, is, like, having them stuck in your lineup and taking a zero with them in, in a certain week. I think that's what you're getting at. And, yeah. Um, yeah, like that's that's a risk. That's like a, that's a, I think that's a small added risk when you draft a guy like that. But I don't think it's like a like I don't think it's a big enough risk, um, that or losing a week of them to make you move like Freddie Peralta. Like I took him in the fifth round. Like I don't think it makes him like a seventh rounder. I think he's still like he went in the third round of like the of the of another draft that I was doing. So in these um. Uh, these best balls on the NFBC. They're super fun. They're 50 bucks. Um, good payouts. Um, just a fun draft best ball. You don't have to worry about it. So I'm promoing the NFBC best ball, getting another one. There's another one that's filled uh, three out of 12, three out of 12 right now. They start after the all-star break. I might join a fourth, like oh, man. relatively reasonable buy-in. Um, yeah, uh, I should have I got another one. Get into the one that the one I sent you the board for. Yeah. I was looking at the board and I was like, oh man, I should have done draft. Do you, want to, do, you want to, uh, do you want to segue into that? Look at the board? Yeah, sure. Man. All right. So this draft is a 12, it's a 12 team NFBC uh, best ball points, um, but the points are um, catered to um, Roto. So I'm not going to get into the specific details. If you don't know that you can just go look at the rules on the NFBC website. But um, like I was saying before, hitting, hitting, is, um, hit, hitting is a premium in, this, in these leagues. Um, in this draft, a uh, couple guys from our draft uh, cha- draft bottle, battle pods draft chat are um, in this together. Drew Morris, Common Sense Fantasy Baseball is in this. John Legaza, you know, you know him as uh, the MLB Moving Averages. Um, Justin Mason, Matt Williams, um, and then um, and then Richard Zito. I don't know, he's not he's not in that chat, but I just know him from Twitter. He's also in this draft. Um, uh, we alluded to his team before. I'm not going to say why, but we alluded to his team, uh, his eighth round pick before. Um, anyways, so um, I sent you the board. Um, I don't know if is it. You said it was kind of small. Um, I, I blew it up. Are you able to? Are you able to blow it up? I, I've blown it up. All right, cool. So I don't know. Did anything stand out to you here? Like all, all I've done three of these drafts now. All of them have been wildly different like crazy, like different um, in terms of where people are going, because it's so hard. There's no ADP. Uh, there is, there is no ADP. You're going off of any, like you're going off of the beginning of the year ADP. So like, you'll see like 
it's easy to see like all the players that are still left over, like all the all the busts, which are basically injury busts or like other types of busts, like your Glasnow and all those Luis Robert, all the all those guys that are remaining remaining in the top of that list. Um, so it's it's sort of um, you got to be sharp, and, and obviously a lot of people in this draft are sharp. So um, it's just yeah, like it's it's interesting to see where players are taken in this draft. Um, like the top. Yeah. The top six, the top five or six are generally like what generally like Tati, Sakuna, Otani, Vlad. Those are your top four hitters. And then Soto, Soto, Soto over Vlad is interesting. Yeah, which Soto um, went at five. Wouldn't have done that. Six, I wouldn't have done gave that. Her, gave our boy Drew um, a, a gift. And Drew, look at his team. He's gone 10 straight hitters. Yeah, that's great. So that's when, a I, when I first saw this, um, I was drawn immediately to John and Matt's teams just because of what they've been, the work they've been doing on pitching. So I was just like, I want to know which guys they want. Who? Like uh, John or Ron. Okay, you know, John and Matt? Yeah, I didn't hear yeah. what you said. Yeah, just, I was like, who, who, are, who are they targeting? Right. And then I saw Kyle Gibson in the ninth round, and I was like, holy shit, is Kyle Gibson good? Yeah, he's yeah, he's good, but but yeah. man, like uh, Johnny took uh, Musgrove in the second round, and this is this is best ball. So, um, and he took and, he, and John's the guy that took Peralta in the third round, and Matt took he started with he started with three or four pitchers, like obviously awesome pitchers. Kevin Gossman in the fourth round, like a, um, he started Matt started Matt started Darvish, Scherzer, Merrifield, Gossman. Now, um, I try not to hit too many pitchers in the first couple of rounds in this draft because like hitting is just so important. And I, I don't know what their thoughts are on that. I didn't talk to them specifically, but like just hitting is just, it's different than Roto. So this is just completely different, but Gosman in the fourth, I don't know how you can pass that. Like that's just a gift. Um, it's sort of like if I were him, I'd be saying like, Oh, I wish I would have, I wish I would have taken like, instead of Darvish or Scherzer, I wish I would have taken Bogarts if I knew if I'd known Gosman would fall that far, but right. whatever. Um, and then John, like he's also three of his first five picks are pitchers, like Rudon in the fifth round. Um, but man, like that's um, it's a lot of pitching. So like you're, but you're interested in terms of um, I, I'm I'm looking roster construction, and um, and yeah, sure. Uh, I admittedly am not a uh, best ball guy. Neither am I. I'd like to get into it and dissect it more, but. Yeah, so I, I can't be like I can't be drafting three catchers instead of four or something like that. You know, I've, I've never played, so I don't really know. Yeah, so I'm looking at I'm looking here like the, I'm, lo- I'm looking at this draft, uh, not to get into other ones that because a lot of interesting things happened in all of them, but this one this one might have been the most normal one. Um, uh, you're seeing Sal Perez now consistently, I think in all these drafts gone ahead of Real Muto, which I don't have a problem with. Yeah, uh, I think I think the way that the season's gone, if you're still taking Real Muto over Sal Perez, you're making a mistake. Oh, so you, you, you like Perez over Real Muto? Yeah, I don't know how you can. I, I agree, because he's playing every day. He's DHing if he's not catching. Real Muto's not doing that. And he's he's great. He's he's might have twenty home runs, nineteen home runs. Yeah. 
I don't know how many Marylinches I got. I've got no shares of Yeah, I think I got one, but yeah, Rumors is doing he's doing okay. Um my team, like I took, I, I start, I wanted to hammer hit. I hitting was for sure. Like there was enough good hitting. Like I was drafting from the 10 spot. I knew I was going to go with two hitters um, to start off with. Um, there is no way I was taking a pitcher in the first two rounds. Um, but like, I knew there was like between Bogarts and Bichette and Devers and Ramirez and like Betts and, and Soto, whoever fell, like I was going to take some of that, like some of them. So I ended up with Bichette and Devers, which I'm extremely happy about. Um, Corbin Burns in the third round, like he, I got hit like Giolito, Lynn, Freddie Peralta, Kershaw were all taken before Corbin Burns. So Wheeler as well. So I figured Burns, um, like you got to take pitching somewhere because just to be blunt, pitching is less valuable, like relatively to hitting, but you got to, you got to get your pitching somewhere. So you just got to pick your spots. And, um, I felt Burns in the third was a good spot. Now Bellinger in the fourth, I don't love Bellinger. He, like I don't have any shares of him this year, but the dual position eligibility in this format and just the way the first that first base sort of falls off a cliff. Um, where did um, where did Walsh go in this draft? Um, I'm trying to look. Do you see? He's still on the board unless he's a green. Uh, he might be green. Um, yeah, he went in the fifth. So he he, oh, did, go, he did he did go after Bellinger. Like there could be a, like Walsh went in the second round in one of these drafts. Which is crazy. Which is crazy, but well, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm just saying it's like maybe the better word is interesting. But Ballinger, mm, I don't know. Don't love the pick, but I like. I, I think that. What uh, I think it's. I think it's a good. I think it's a, a good um, uh, range of outcomes for the fourth round um, type of guy. Then Correa in the fifth, or yeah, the Correa in the fifth for me. Again, getting these two guys not big on, but I just I wanted hitting, and I knew that there was a lot of pitching that was still available. And then Tioscar in the sixth, and I took Will Smith in the seventh. Um, this like I think Will Smith has a little bit like catch, catchers are obviously important in these leagues, just um, from a from a relative uh, um, value for points. But Will Smith, um, I feel, has a little bit more value than he does in Roto because. Yeah, like he, his, his, like his problem is like he's splitting, he's splitting time a little bit more than other people. But the way the point system works here is you get points for, you get negative points for outs. So it's going to bridge the gap a little bit because um, he's not going to, he's not going to play appearances to make less outs. Yeah, exactly. So I think it bridges the gap a little bit for him. Like I think if you, if you look at, the, if you look at the points, um, just, from doing the best balls in the beginning of the year, if you look at the points of like, I remember looking at like, um, I think it was um, James McCann and, or, and then some of the other, some of the other catchers that didn't play a lot, like their, their overall points were like higher than like, who was it? I think, um, was it Knapp or someone like all these like part-time catchers that they, they just hit for a good average and like for decent power had better, had better, points than like a lot of these full-time catchers that were just like fucking shit so i think um like i haven't fully crushed the numbers but i do like on a high level mathematical analysis here i think will smith has a little bit more value than, than he would in in like say a, like a main event or something like that um then i took grisham um i think people are still scared of his injury which may be for good reason i took him in the eighth now i might be getting into players that you don't see on your board because this draft has progressed since i sent it to you but I took Corey Seager in the ninth round. I don't know if you see that or not. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And then um, 
Did he my tenth round pick or not? Or so not? You got Robbie Ray in the tenth. Yeah. yeah, Robbie that's, Ray. That's insane. But he's my second pitcher. So, but this but why, is, why is Robbie Ray going? Like, I take Robbie Ray over. I don't know. I'm looking at pitchers I take him I over. Take, Pablo, I take him over Pablo Lopez. I take him over every pitcher that went in the ninth round. Uh, Barrios, yes. Gibson, yes. Maeda for sure. McCullers for sure. Closers, whatever. Like closers, you don't need closers. Morton for sure. Um, Pablo Lopez for sure. Okay, then like Val- Framber Valdez, Trevor Rogers. That's when you're getting into whatever. No, that, I, that's that's probably the cluster that Ray belongs in to me. Yeah, I'd even probably take him over Bieber because of his injury. Yeah, the shoulder things. And then I'd take him over Luis Castillo as too. I know Castillo's been better, but I'd still take Ray over Castillo at this point. Oh, we need a we need a mea culpa on that. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Okay. What are you What are you trying to say? I'm saying I'm saying we really kicked dirt on Luis Castillo. And he doesn't look that terrible. No, but he would like it. But I'm I'll. Yeah, he but he was terrible. There's there's nothing there's nothing to say that he was not going to be not terrible. So now he's 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 started enough games and, and good again that he's startable again. But at that at that point in time, like no one like. No one that I knew could explain why he was terrible. So I think he was just a sit until he was good again, or he is, or, or you found out he was injured, or something was, or you found out the reason for why he was so terrible. But um, until you can explain it, I think he was just like he, he just had enough badness and he was just a sit. Did we tell people to cut him? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, maybe some, something I was thinking about. Maybe I I had I had him in a twelve team OC. I didn't cut him, so um, mm-hmm. I just sat him. So I'm, I don't I don't honestly don't remember what I said, but um, I didn't cut him. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't, but I did sit him. Uh, I did I did continue to sit him, and even when he was pitching you know, those first couple good starts, um, but I but I was I did start him last week and, and maybe the week before. So there's that. Um, other interesting players in this draft, Jazz Chisholm went in the seventh round. Now he's a guy like, um, like when the first, when the season was in the first month or two, like I thought before he got his first injury, I thought he was going to be like a guy that was going to be, I don't even know how high he would have been drafted next year. Like I was thinking like this guy'd be like a third or fourth round pick next year. Um, the injuries are a thing. His batting average is declining. Like he does have some swing and miss to his game. Um, what do you think about, what do you think about Jazz Chisholm? Uh, I think he's got another injury too. And uh, yeah, he just did his ankle. In a league like this, like he is the exact type of player that, like, when I think about joining a, a, a best ball league, I don't know how to value him. Because, like, in a roto league, I'm like, oh, you need Jazz, you need some power and speed, and you'll take whatever batting average you see, and you'll hit leadoffs or he'll accumulate. But I don't know how much, like, there's obviously points for walks. His walk rate's not terrible. It's his not walk rate is excellent. What's it at? Is it 11? Um, I haven't looked at it recently, but I know that the, the, like he, he was walking a lot. His OBP yeah. is really, really good. Um, yeah, I think I think he's got a like 320 OBP, something like that. I don't know what his batting average is. His batting average is like 260-ish. Yeah, so he's, 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 walking, he's walking enough. Um, yeah, I don't know if you need a shortstop. Or wait, no, he's second base here. He's, he's both. He's, he's shortstop and second. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, do, the, do, the, the do you get position. lots of points for 
for steals. Yeah, you like, do get you do get a considerable points for for steals because this this the, the point system in NFBC. Um, I think Todd Zola designed it. I think we've talked about this, or he helped design it, or something. And uh, it's supposed to it, it's supposed to mirror roto scoring about not like with a correlation of like ninety nine percent for the hitting. Oh, cool. And I think the pitching correlates to roto like, I think at like ninety percent. Oh, cool. So yeah, so the steals I think steals are worth like I don't remember, but um, I have the I have the I have the spreadsheet I have the spreadsheet with all the projections and shit like that. But I think that, um, I think if I off the top of my head, I think it's like six points for a steal, five points for a homer. I just traded for Jazz in the dynasty. I traded uh, Abby Baez and Robbie Grossman to a win now team for me. Abby Baez and Robbie Grossman. Yeah, for jazz. For jazz, and this is OBP. Yeah. Well, Javi's terrible OBP. So yeah, I like that trade for you. I just figured that it, I got Vidal Bruhan too, and I figured that that twosome at my shortstop and second base would be obscene for coming years, just because speed's so hard to find. But is Jazz going to stay at shortstop or at second base or a shortstop? I you'd think that eventually the plan would. I'm just going to rain on your parade because Bruhan is playing to the outfield and, and Jazz is playing short second base. All right. Well, then I'll get a shitload of speed sometimes. <laughs> speed, speed kills, man. It's worth so much. Especially to like, like if you're contending, right? Like those, those few like standings game points that you can get if you don't have speed. So oh, yeah. No, no. I like, and obviously, like, I love the trade and I love like having those players. So yeah. It's a small, it's a small detail where they're playing because you'll figure that out. I don't really, I wouldn't really. Like in a dynasty league, I wouldn't really consider those positions as a make or break for that trade or any reason to not make that trade. And Wander Franco getting picked between Grisham and Mariano is interesting. What do you thought? What are your thoughts on that? I wouldn't do it. We wouldn't. Uh, no, it was a little bit early for Franco there. Yeah. What do you What do you yeah. think about my What do you think about my Seager pick? It, I think it was post. It was after pick a hundred. And I think about Corey Seager a lot because I own him some places and. Because of uh, shout out to Moss Air, Air Hejan. Moss Kev Moss Fuck, I was trying so hard to say it properly. Roto Surgeon. Yeah, because he, he had that take that Corey Seeger and Mike Trout, he said Corey Seeger would have more rest of season value than Mike Trout because they both went out at the same time. Yep. And I guess I, I think his take was that Seager would be back sooner. Um, I mean, given that this this season's going to start after the All Star break, right? Yeah. So and you have saying, you have some saying, run, you have some runway to deal with here. They're saying Seager's back then. Eh, they say, well, he can't be back before the All Star break, so he's he's on, he's on the sixty day IL now. So oh. he can't he can't be back before the All Star break. So he'll definitely be back after it. Just how much after it is the question. So he's already been hitting. It's just his hand hurts when he hits. So they're saying, "Okay, timeout, dude. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna not do some stuff for a while." But it's just a matter of like when. Like it could all happen very quickly. Like, like the, the, the roto world could come out with the news, like, "Oh, Corey Seager is now feeling well and he's playing a rehab game. He's gonna be back in a couple of days." Like so, then like his draft price would have gone up like five rounds. Um, but it's it's interesting to see Trout go in the second round consistently. Like he in every I've done three of these drafts. Trout's gone in, in the second round in every single one of these drafts. I think early second round sometimes, and then Seager you have in the, in the ninth round, and then sometimes I've seen him in the eighth. This is I got him. I got him. This is his max pick. I think he went like the sixth or the seventh or eighth in other drafts. But um, 
that's like I think that's a I think that's a huge value. Like maybe you miss a week or two of him. One oh six overall. Yeah. This is your third shortstop. I know that's the thing. Like I couldn't like I have Bichette, I have Correa. Um, like obviously there's a utility spot, and then there's it's obviously best ball too, which means that like there could be a little bit more value. There's more value having like a third good shortstop than than just a guy riding on your bench. But um, yeah, I, at this point, like I just thought it was criminal to leave Seager fall, let Seager fall any further than that. Like I think it was already like one or two rounds too late already for Seager. Okay. So I, I took him there. Um, like um, this, I, I'm thinking back to when like. I used to listen to uh, Roto Wager or whatever it was called before that. And they talk about discipline in best ball drafts and team construction. Yeah. And I feel like something of his like tenets of being a good best baller would probably crap all over that Seager pick, but I really don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe. No, maybe. I, I, I really struggled with that pick. Like I, I thought about it for a while and like, I thought about taking Seager the, the round before. I'm like, I can't. Like, um, like I, I waver between Grisham and Seager the round before that, and I, I and obviously like it, like the, an easy tiebreaker was that I already had two shortstops on my team, so I took Grisham. And then when he came, when he wrapped back all the way around to me, I'm like, okay, well, Seager. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I need to get a pitcher here. I could take two pitchers at this point um, because I only had one at this point, but I knew that. I knew that there's enough good pitchers left that I, I could probably get Ray um, on the wraparound. Like I felt just, just being in the draft, I felt comfortable that Ray would fall back to me. So um, I just said like, yeah, he's going to be my utility spot as of now. And he's also going to be, he might be hurt. For the, he might also be hurt for the first week. Right. It's, it's no guarantee to that. Like Bowen career starting stat lines. Are just for you. Nope. I just, I, th- I think what I'm trying to remember was basically that it's like before you start taking the like, what if they spike a week, you should have starters at every spot. Right. No, that, that's true. That's true. But like in my defense, I still have a, I still have a spot for him on my roster in the utility spot. Yeah, sure. Yep. Um, anything else um, stick out to you? Um, Matt Chapman's going went pretty early in this draft compared to what I, um, the, compared to where, where he went in the other drafts. Like he went before Austin Riley. Oh, the 10th round. Oh yeah. Um, no. Yeah. He went in the 10th round. So he went in the 10th round. Um, and then, um, you don't see that. You don't see the rest of the, you don't see the rest of the 10th round, but Chapman went in the 10th. And then after Chapman went with, was gold, was Hanniger, Goldschmidt, Austin Riley, Justin Turner, Conforto. I think it would take basically that rest of that round ahead of Chapman. Um, Chapman's coming around a bit, isn't he? He has been. He has been, but like, still, like, who would you rather have, Austin Riley or Chapman? Hmm, good question. But that team, the team that I'm that I'm referring to, has already four outfielders. So I I, I understand why he he would pass up Hanniger, Conforto, Dom Smith, even um, because he also has Vladdy. Um, like outfield and first base, he's pretty good for. It. He needed a third baseman, so I guess like. If you're looking at Riley, Turner, and Chapman, like I, I definitely see, like I definitely see the, the, I definitely see the argument to take Chapman ahead of Turner. You know, I'm down on Turner, but like, like Turner's obviously been great so far. But I think if you're looking the rest of the season, I definitely see like I'm not faulting. I wouldn't fault anyone to go either way there, right? 
but I but I would say Austin Riley is the guy I would take before both of them. Riley and Chapman is really interesting. Yeah, I think. Well, I just I think you're what you're doing is you're balancing like the the sexy upside versus just like Matt Chapman is like Austin Austin Riley. From my take on him this season so far is he got really hot for three weeks and he's kind of been through since. Yeah, that's a reasonable take. Um, Chapman, you 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 prefer Chapman to Riley right now? I think so, because on the other hand, like Chapman was bad. Like Chapman's been written off for like dead though for like for for a long time. Like at least at least at least until recently he had been. Yeah, but I think he's starting to get it together. He, no, he's definitely been better. Uh, there's there's no question about that. I guess it it, it comes down to us now, like looking under the hood, which I'm not asking to do right now, but like is like is he actually on the the trajectory trajectory up now? Or is he just, or is this just yeah, like a, You know what? I think, I think for the rest of the season, I would go chat with the rally. Okay. Like, I, I, I think it's, I think it's like, I don't think they're too far off, but I, um, I think at this point, it's, it'd be hard to even pass Turner. Even Holy though. shit. 102 strikeouts and 288 at bats. Who, Chapman? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But like I don't know, maybe like a, I, maybe his hip is like getting better. Like, like we ever it was blamed on his hip, right? Yeah, he had that. Um, I can't remember. It was, it was like a micro fracture, hip surgery or something. Yeah, hips don't lie. Something like that. Yeah. All right, um, we've we've done this. We've done this draft to death. Um, yeah. Want to talk about Fab a little bit? How'd you do in Fab this week? Oh, I don't know. A lot of my a lot of my stuff runs at like three in the morning. I didn't even put a lot of claims in for some reason. It was it was a it was a really weak week for Fab. Like it wasn't it was a boring week. There wasn't there wasn't any big name except for maybe some closers. Um, oh, I forgot to do Glarf Fab. That oh, I, ran, I ran at eleven thirty. Oh well. Well, you're are you out of last place tonight? No, I'm not out of last place. I'm still in last. I don't even know how far I am in last, but I can take a look. Who would I have even bid on? I'm trying to remember. I don't think I could. I don't think I could have improved my team a lot. Anyways, let's see how far back I am. Okay. I'm chasing. I'm chasing Jake. I want. I want to. I've got 36 points. 14th place is 53. Oh, you're a long way back. Yeah, yeah, I'm a long way back. So let's see what happened here. So who got added? Torrens, I wouldn't have added him. Quantrill wouldn't have added him. Jackie Bradley, Chad Green, nah. Tyrone Taylor, and nah. Miguel. He was who I was after, uh, Ty- uh, Tyler Miguel on the Mets. I didn't get him any. He went for a lot more than I expected. What's your, what's your read on him? I've got claims on him. Um, I liked him a lot. Like he was a guy that I added in dynasty leagues, like at the beginning of the season, because he was, he was ripping up the minors. Um, and then he came to, he's only got two stars, but he's showing some good strikeout numbers. I think he's got some good potential. Um, I think that like, if you, if you could get him, like he's got, he's got a two start week. So I think he's, I think he was worth like in a 15 team league, probably about 15 bucks and in a, 
in, in he's worth, he, worth a couple bucks in a, in a, in a 12 team league. Um, but um, I think you had people that were going to throw down more money than that on him. What about you? I, I don't know. I haven't seen him pitch. Um, it's a big blind spot for me, but I've got some claims in the phone just because I read the columns and saw that. It's crazy though, because like you got, you got guys like um, Kawar and Manning and um, like, well, McClanahan's been decent, but like, um, I don't know, probably like all these rookie pitchers, they just um, lynch, they've just blown up on you, all of them. Um, and then you get a guy like Mago. Uh, this I've talked about this before, and like it's it's really hard to know. It's really hard to invest in 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 rookie pitchers because, like you saw last year, like like the, the, the pitchers that were going highly, like Spencer Howard, Mackenzie Gore, um, Nate Pearson, they were huge busts. And then you get guys that were going like if you look at the draft champions leagues, like way later, like in the five hundreds, Sixto, Ian Anderson, all that, all those guys, right? Um, McKen- uh, Tristan McKenzie. Two of those guys are shit this year, but um, Ian Anderson's good. But um, you just never, like, it, it seems like it's such a big risk, especially in their first year. Um, by the way, Manoa looks awesome. Yeah, Manoa looks like that. Yeah. Um, so it's just such, such a big risk that, like you, like, you get these minor leaguers, it's like, it's sort of cut, they just sort of pop sometimes, right? And it's like the, the highly touted ones, like, like, the range of outcomes for like the highly touted pitching prospects, like don't really make it like relative to like their count, like their, their compadres, like the, like the Magios. It's like, it's almost like not, it's not worth investing big, even though I did for Manoa. Manoa just seemed like, Manoa just seemed like he'd be worth it. The other, the other guy who I've been pretty impressed with watching him, um, and we'll see if we can keep it up, but Bailey Falter has been good. Yeah. And that was you who put me on the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I liked him. I was talking to um, somebody that's been helping me out quite a bit and he, he was on him as well. So just some, um, and um, uh, he, he, just looking at his, um, some of his notes um, made me look into him a little bit more. And he was a guy that I had, I had added in some dynasty leagues and um I noticed that he was like, he had, they brought him up for two innings and they sent him back down. So he was available in the player pool. I did add him in, um, in a main event way back when, and, um, and um, ended up dropping him afterwards, but like, he could be, he could be getting used as a starter. Like they, they sent Spencer Howard down. Spencer Howard's useless this year. Um, he's, he's not going to, Spencer Howard's not going to hold any value this year. So yeah, no, I think Balter's a good call, man. Um, they, they used him for one inning yesterday, which I thought was what did I say? They used Falter for one inning yesterday. Which oh, that was annoying. Yeah, yeah, he came yeah. Came in and got a hold, and then Ranger Suarez got the save. But well, I don't, I don't think they're going to use Falter as the um, closer. I, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what you're getting at either. No, I want him to start. Like I, I've watched him in his piggyback and stuff. Like he's uh, funky's not the right word, but he's I guess just long. Like you see all those the, the breakdowns on him, he gets like insane extensions. So he's only throwing ninety three, but it looks like ninety six or something. He looks good, man. He looks really good. Sixteen strikeouts, one walk, and fourteen innings. Like I don't know how many. Um, yeah, I've got I've got claims on Ranger, Ranger Suarez for tonight. Well, he went. He, Ranger Suarez went big in some leagues. Um, a guy that I liked a little bit more than Suarez was Scott Barlow. 
Um, I was talking a bit uh, to a guy named Drew Martin. He's in, he's been, he, I think he might be in our, he's, he's in one of the listener leagues. I don't know if he's in the league that you're in, but um, he, he, he did a couple of the, um, I think he did one of the early drafts with me. And so I've been talking him off and on. And uh, he was telling me, shout out to Drew, that he's really into Bob Scarpolo this, this week. And uh, I said, I asked him because like, I, I'm interested to what, like, I'm interested in, um, as to hear, to hear his thoughts, like why he, he liked him. And then he's like, obviously he's got the, the saves in two games in a row. Um, so he was first quietly, he's been a very dominant reliever. He's had the same amount of strikeouts as Krinchak and has had second most strikeouts amongst closer slash setup men behind Matt Barnes. Also the Royals style amounts of velocity has been down the last month or so. Also Greg Holland doesn't have the same velo he used to have. Uh, and that's affecting his ability to uh, effectively close games. Uh, so this leads them to where they are today. This, in my opinion, is how Matheny currently hopes to put games together in the pen. This order of relievers, meaning Barlow last. So um, even before he said that, I was I said I, I said you know what Barlow like Stallman seems like he's he's out of the he's out of the picture, and it's between Holland and Barlow. And I said to myself, man, like I'm not touching that pen. Like I've been burned on it enough times like I, I i got wade davis i bought holland i got starman i'm like fuck i'm done with them like even they're gonna flip-flop and even when they do have a closer for like a period of time he's not even the full-time closer like it's just a mess but i think of like in the last like two months i think i'm more inclined to look at barlow than i ever have been like since like i bought into wade davis as a closer or stalman when like they thought he was going to be the closer. So I know like it's, it's tough because you keep, you don't want to keep putting your hand on the, on the element when it's hot and like, like why, why, why do something again when you know it's going to fuck you. But I don't know. I think, I, I think, I think Drew's onto something. I think I'm, I, I, I put claims in for Barlow ahead of Ranger Suarez. Um, I think the, the Phillies bullpen's a mess um, is a mess. I think Neris is a drop. I think Alvarado is not the closer. I think Archie Bradley is not good. Um, I think Brogdon is not the guy they want. So I, I think it could be, that could be a revolving door. So, and I think, I think Barlow is just better than Suarez looking at his numbers. So I think he's just a better, better pitcher. And um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on those two guys and anyone else um, that would be closing this, this like, it would be potentially that uh, a speculative ad. I was always a big fan of Barlow. For some reason, I was off this year. I think just the community thing, like with Casey. I was just like, I'm not gonna fucking go there. But yeah, I could see grabbing him now. I heard um, who's the guy who does the sweep? He won TGF guy last year. He does the sweep. Kevin Hastings. Kevin Hastings. He's he's from Casey, right? Right. He has had some sweet calls closing. He's on Barlow. Good. Um, I think he was, I listened to the pod this morning while I was walking the dog. I think he was saying they might, they might be, because he's coming up on the second year of arbitration for Barlow. So they um, might be not sure. looking to shop him. So for the next few weeks, give him as many safe chances as they get. Maybe. I thought that was interesting. And I wonder if they shopped him and he where he would where he would go to. Toronto, baby. Toronto. That's okay. That that leads me to another guy I was on this week is Merriweather. Oh he's, yeah. He give me back now. 
Probably the one I Yeah, I guess. I, I added him for like cheap in a couple of leagues. I added him in a league where I had, um, what's his face, uh, Romano. So I sort of as a handcuff um, in one of those uh, Memorial Day drafts. I, I, I got Merriweather. Um, but um, yeah, I, this, this week is sort of an interesting week for Fab because you have this week and then you have the All-Star break, right? And then the next week is three games, two games, actually. I think the, the Yankees and Red Sox have three games. Um, so really, like, it's almost like a prime time to start stashing people. Like, right. just, just as long, like, as, long just as you can fill up a lineup, as long as you can fill up a lineup, a lineup for this week, then you have, then you'll, you'll have another chance to fix your lineup next week. But then you have, like, basically, you only have, like, like eight games in the, in the course of 20 games. Or sorry, you only have like eight or so games in the course of 20 days. Sorry, let me try that again. You have like eight games over the course of like 14 days, right? Right. So even if you lose, like if you're going to like stash anyone during a time period, it's going to be, it's probably best times now because you, you're going to lose like the least percentage of games played out of, like of time, like, like games played as a percentage of time is probably the least. And also Teams teams tend to to change gears like at the All Star break sometimes. So like guys like Duran, you might see Duran. Although he was not available anywhere, guys like that might get called up. Bruhan, like if you have a chance to stash anyone at this point in time, like like you're not losing those games played because you're like there's those five days off, and then also there's a changing of the guard. So it's almost like it's almost like a time to try and stash a couple guys if you can. Or it's like it's it's not going to hurt you as much stashing guys during this time period. When when is the All Star break? Is it next week? Yeah, so you have this week coming up, and then the next week is the All Star break. So this Monday through Sunday are games. Then I think um, there's no games next week until like Friday or Saturday. When's the draft? What what draft? MLB draft. Oh, I don't know. I think it's during the All Star break this week. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's that's getting away from that. Anyway, so let's look at some of these. Uh, let's look at some of the fab results here. Um, I was looking. I was looking at Ranger Suarez just because I don't think there's. I think he's literally the last man standing. Yeah, he is. Like Naris, like you can't. Like he's terrible. I, yeah, he's been. I, he's been. He's been terrible right now. Alvarado, you can't trust him. Like I think Alvarado is like the last person that would be the closer in that bullpen. I think they'd even go back. I think they go back to Naris before Alvarado. He's basically wild. Yeah, he's awesome. Like volcanic personality. Yeah, he has no idea where anything's going. Somebody, somebody, give that guy like he should hang out with Charlie Sheen. <laughs> So let's look at some of these, like, you can look at some of the bids on Suarez. Like, okay, I'm in the TGFBI right now. So you can, you can see my screen, right? I cannot. I shared it. I see my screen. I can see your screen. All right, so you can just follow along. So I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Fab results. Like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't a huge week for Fab, but um, let's look at some of these drafts. So let's look at the main event. Now, Grant, just just for a point of reference, in both my main events, I'm punting saves. So we, we, we can maybe get into that a little bit. I know we're running a bit late, but um, um, yeah, we'll get we'll get into punting next next thing. 
Yeah. So I've, here, I've probably got like another 10 here. Perfect. And we just wrap up Fab. I think that's the last thing that I had to talk about. All right. So Fab here. So Barlow went for 32 bucks and Suarez went for 23. So not huge bids. Uh, Bat put crazy. Toby won them both. Now he is a guy, I think he was, I think he's really hurting for saves in this league as he, like, as he's talked about in, in and I think he's in all the leagues and I think I'm, I think I'm in second last in saves and he's the only guy that I might lose a point there. So we talk about, we can talk about punting saves next time, but I think I've like, I have more ground to, if I lose one point in saves, I don't really care. Um, well, I do care, but I, I, it's not as bad as it's not, it's not going to hurt me as much as it's going to help me by moving up in strikeouts and wins if you do it right. Um, so yeah, those are the, so I won Colin McHugh. We were talking about him yeah, and, Orlando, we and Orlando Arcia. So that's another guy I wanted to talk about on the Braves. He just got called up on Saturday. He's been killing them, killing triple a, um, great prospect pedigree. So I dropped kind of hurt me to drop Andres Jimenez. I picked him up last week for cheap. Um, he never got the call. What do you think about dropping Jimenez? It's kind of, I don't know if that's going to come back to bite me. Man, nobody knows what Cleveland's doing. I wouldn't worry about it. You got a good player. Colin McHugh's a good player. Colin McHugh's been killing it. He has like what's the rate. what's the yeah, I love Colin McHugh. He's I actually on the the CSW board today that I was looking at. He's like top four or five, I think. Yeah, he's good. Among relievers. He's he's good shit. Um like what's the difference between the guy you picked up and Andres Jimenez? Orlando Arcia and Andres Jimenez. I see them as the, the exact same. It could, yeah, they could be similar. I don't know how much, I don't know how much playing time Arcia is going to get, but he's somebody that's very interesting in terms of his upside. Like, uh, he, he was, he was, he was coming up like at like, like right on court, right on par with Lindor. Like when they're coming up as top prospects, just or Arcia just fizzled. But he's got speed, he's got power. I always think back to spring training 2020 in March. He led spring training in home runs. Um, he's he's been hitting well. He's been stealing. He's been stealing bases. He's been like his walk to strikeout rate rate's been like that's one of the things you look at in AAA. Like I think he's got like a ten percent walk and ten percent strikeout rate. Like it's been he's been phenomenal. Um, just a matter of what what sort of playing time he's in again. I was I, I was talking to um, a friend of mine and and I was asking him um, where would he play and we we thought um, we were saying like yeah like Swanson's at shortstop they're not playing him in the outfield in the minors like like we'd like to see him get some time in the outfield but that's where. That's where, that's where they played him today. So maybe he's going to even be dual eligible. Hmm. What are your thoughts on RCO? Would you Are you interested in him? Are you putting in any bids for him tonight? I'm going to put bids in now. <laughs> yeah, you should. I really, like, um, he's a guy that I that I really had my eye on. Um, albeit that, like, I did prioritize a lot of players over him. I knew he would be cheap. Um, so, I, like I said, I only bid $2. I knew he wouldn't be expensive. Um, and there were other players I would rather have, but he was a really guy that, that really, um, really excites me. Yeah. I've got a, I've got to find a drought for him, but shouldn't like for a one week try it. And I mean, like, at one moment, God, he could be like a Chris Gittens or he just fades. He could be like, he could be one of those one and done type guys. Um, but yeah, that's, that's easy though. Like it's. The nice part about this is you paid nothing and like by Thursday, you'll know whether or not it's worth it. Right. Like if he plays one out of three games or one out of four games or whatever, like, you know, he's next on the chopping block. Right. So this is my, my other, my other draft, this is my other main event. 
Yep, Barlow went for 68. Suarez went for 63. I wasn't competing with those bids because I'm punting saves. Like I think I might have put some keep him honest bids. Um, kind of thought to myself, like if I grab Barlow and I grab Merriweather and they both turn out to be closers, can like that turn around my entire strategy of punting saves? But I'm like, eh, shut up to myself. Um, so no, here I got, the, I got I got RC the, again. The getting half pregnant thing, but we're not going to talk about that. No, no, no. Um, so I got, I got, I grabbed Gavin Sheets there. Gavin Sheets is a very interesting guy. So I got him in a main, I, I won him 14 to 12. I was very efficient with my bids this week, which I'm happy about. Yeah. So 14 to 12 win on that. And then again, again, I got RCA in both mains. I'd like to see who else was on, if, who else, if anyone was on RCA. Uh, I'll look, we'll look at that quickly. I know you said you got 10 minutes. We're probably down to five at this point. Then I got David Dahl. And let's just quickly go through some of my other events. Let's look at my 150. Uh, this, this is the league I'm in first overall. So I got Barlow for seven bucks, seven to four. Yeah. And then um, Ryan O'Hearn, which is another guy oh, that you adding you know, O'Hearn for Toro. Yeah. I, I think he's more, he's more of a long-term play. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, 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 I was sort of torn on that. Toro looks good, man. I like yeah. Toro. I like him too. I like him too. But um, I added, <laughs> I had a tour in a lot of places. Um, there you go. So let's look at, um, uh, let's look at the tag team league. Me and Curlin. Um, Curlin doesn't even know. We didn't even talk about it this week. So we got Barlow here. Nice. 31 to 19. And then we got, we got Ian Happ. See, Ian Happ, everyone dumped him. And then now he's playing every day again. That always happens, eh? 10 to 8. And then Orlando Arcia again. And then uh, Bailey Falter. There's the boy. Oh, nice. Two, two to one. So somebody else was on him, which is always nice to see that we fucked him. <laughs> um and then let's look what else that's the 250 euro auction oh, i got i got Maygill 15 to 12 and then gavin sheets uncontested which is really weird hmm. um here uh, yeah I, I put a bit i can't i don't this is one of the weird things in this league i don't know what happened like was he dropped or something um yeah he was dropped because I'm, i was thinking to myself how is he how is he still available keston Hira? but somebody like because he was getting added last week like crazy, but somebody dropped him last week in this league. Interesting. So it was instead of adding it, what the fuck? They, they, they added Elvis Andrews for Keston Hira last, last week after Keston Hira hit his home runs and everything. And then he was yeah. dropped and then yeah, he got added. He's been hot. Yeah, he's been good. Like I added him, like, like I said, in a bunch of leagues. All right, let's quickly go through some more of these, um, some 12s. Let's look at some 12s. Memorial Day. Barlow, I got Barlow again here for 68 bucks. I had more money to spend because it's a half half, uh, half a year thing. Mm -hmm. Gavin Sheets, Ian Happ, Taylor, Mig Taylor Miguel, got him three to three. That's a nice little win. Three to three with a bat tiebreaker. Other league, Gavin Sheets, Merriweather, Bader. I got Bader for three bucks. Nice. This league, Suarez. See, Suarez is going for a lot more than um, um, Barlow, I find. 89 bucks here. Um, Dropping Stalmont's again. Yeah, Stalmont is a drop. Look at this. Luis Torrens, eight to eight. Huh. And then Gavin Sheets. I'm getting a lot of Gavin Sheets. O'Hearn, Merriweather. Barlow went for 115. Um, where did Suarez go? Did Suarez get taken here? Joe Ross. Missed Joe, I missed Joe Ross here. He went for 28. I didn't expect him to go that high. Yeah. Oh, Suarez went for 22, so a lot lower. Uh, next league. I could, I, this league, I didn't have any drops. Like, like I basically 
I couldn't, I, I couldn't make any moves because I had no one that I could drop except for Max Kepler. What do you think about this? So Kepler, and I had to add, I had to add another outfielder. So if I drop Kepler, I can only add an outfielder or else I wouldn't be able to feel the lineup. I added Solak for Kepler. Would you make, would you have made that trade off? I don't know what to make of Solak right now. I was really into him recently. Yeah. He's, I don't know what to make of Kepler. Like Kepler's batting, they have him lower in the order than Larnock and Kirilov. So I don't know. I think it's, um, I think Solak I think, has more upside. Yeah. You're probably churning that spot. Yeah. I'm, tr- I'm churning it. So I, I, I'd, I'd go, I, I don't know. I could, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'm going to regret that much. I see that. I see a player who I would have taken. Garrett Cooper. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I like Garrett Cooper. Would you, would you have added Garrett Cooper over Kepler? Probably not for 13 bucks, but for five, for the five you spent on Solak, it's fine. Yeah, that's actually uh, Jeff Erickson's team. I'm just looking at that. This is the league that oh, nice. added second chance. So Erickson added Cooper. He did no with no backup bid. Um, yeah. I'd yeah, I'd, 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 I'd have been on Cooper there for like five bucks. He obviously likes Cooper a fair bit more than me. I think Cooper's a righty. He's a, he's getting righties, right? Yeah. Yep. He's he, and he, yeah, they traded away Dickerson, so. So it's a it's a week to week. I don't know. Maybe maybe he's getting lefties now too. Yeah. So these um these twelve teams, these OCs, he, like the bidding is often, often very low. I got Joe Ross here for nine bucks, uncontested. Amir um, Garrett, seven dollars to one dollar. Garrett, jeez. Back in. I'm dropping a lot. I'm dropping a lot of Patino and Muller. So like those are guys I was on last week. Flavor of the week, right? So Patino, right. I was so excited about getting him last week. Like I, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really ding him for the Jays start. Like obviously Jays are great. Yeah, like I wasn't. Yeah. So I think Patino could be great, but like I don't know. Like again, now you don't know he's going to be up. I'd rather. I'd rather take a shot on Joe Ross, having Joe Ross or Miguel and seeing what see what happens with them. Um, then Patino. Here um, again, I dropped him. I dropped him for Bader. I grabbed I grabbed Sheets. Gave up on Bobby Witt. And then or Alfaro. I picked him. I picked up Alfaro for Jeffers. Yeah, that's probably a wash. Yeah. Here's Barlow. No, uncontested Barlow. Nice. I guess grab some, grab some sheet I took sheet I, I grabbed sheets for Toro what do you think about that I yeah, added I Gavin Sheets for Adrian Toro I figured more of a long-term play is Gavin Sheets gonna play I think I do this is another blind spot for me I'm not sure what the deal with Sheets is Sheets that's is a, very good that's the White Sox follow-ups I was more into Jake Berger but yeah but Jake Berger is going to be back down probably because Mercado is going to be back soon Right, but why is Sheets playing? Because Mercedes is down. Sheets could play DH. Eh. No? Maybe. Why can't Berger play DH? He could. But Sheets, Berger, she, Sheets has been Sheets has been really good. His plate discipline is outstanding. He's is um it? he's been good so far. Hmm. Um can we pull him up, pull up his stats here? Games. This is game log. He's got like two home runs in in six games. Um, yeah, he's definitely been playing. He's not striking out like he's he's basically a one to one walk to strikeout rate. So so I mean, it's a small sample size, but he's got some pedigree. I think he could be good. 
And then I added Eloy for Adele. So who would you rather stash at this point? I'm thinking I'd rather stash Eloy than Adele. Yeah, I'd rather stash And then this is actually a starter that I dropped, Christian Walker. I took O'Hearn, um, O'Hearn to start over Walker. Walker's just been bad. Kevin Sheets, hey? Yep. I'll have to dig into this. Last league here, Barlow and Joe Ross are my ads. Nice. I dumped Kyle Seeger in a 12-teamer. I don't know. Seeger's been good. He's killing you an average, but he's doing everything that you have. Yeah, in a 12-teamer, I don't know. He was a he was he could sit on my bench. That's a tough drop, but um like Joe, I would, Joe Ross or, or Kyle Seeger. I know completely different uh, positions, but that's uh, like that's how much I like Joe Ross. I like Joe Ross enough to drop Kyle Seeger, who could be on my bench, who I, who I can afford to bench in favor of adding Joe Ross. That's or that's where I'm at. Interesting. Joe, Joe Ross has been good. If you need to pitch him, obviously take it. This is the Joe Ross podcast. This is the Joe Ross podcast. Here's a question. What's up? Gavin Sheets or Starlin Castro? Gavin Sheets. Really? What's Starlin Castro going to do for you? I know he's been great. I know he's been great recently, but like, what is he, like, what's he done? Like he has no stolen bases. I think he has three home runs still, right? He has three home runs. Zero stolen bases. What's his batting average? I know probably good lately. I don't know what's batting average. It's probably like 260. Yeah. So what's he doing for you? 264 on him. I love it when you do that. That always feels so good. Yeah, you know, Gavin, I, I saw Gavin I saw I saw the Gavin Castro, okay. Gavin Sheets, who are you taking? I don't know. I don't know enough about Sheets. You're you're it's a blind spot for me. I'm a I'm a cheese and analyst here. Gavin Sheets or Jake Bowers? Gavin Sheets. Really? Yeah. I like what's so good. What's so good about Jake Bowers? I don't know. I just like that he's playing all the time. And, I wouldn't, know. I would never even own Jake Bowers because Bowers is in his name. <laughs> <laughs> and come full circle. Um, <laughs> is, that, is that a good way to end off? That's <laughs> probably a perfect way to end off. All right. I'm looking at I'm looking at Castro's game log here, like because like I, was, I saw like the lineup tracker in Fancrafts, and like he's like I saw he's like more like his player reader for the top like for the last like 15 games is like is insane. So what's what's he doing here? Getting a lot of hits, scoring yeah, some he's, runs. He's just doing he's just doing Starlin Castro things. Like, he must crazy. be like he must be like hitting like around 500 of the last like week or two, right? I don't know, but fuck, like, he's still not hitting home runs. He's not stealing bases. Like fuck him. Like in a twelve team, like no way. Like I want, I want the, I want the upside. Like in a fifteen, like yeah, Starling Castro should be rostered in a fifteen team league. But am I excited over him? No, I'd rather have any of the. Like as long as somebody else is getting full time playing time, I'd rather have them with their upside. Gavin Sheets or Brian Goodwin. Gavin Sheets. Man, you love Gavin Sheets. Well, I think he. I I think Gavin Sheets is there to stay. I think he's got some staying power. Goodwin is not going to, his, his days are numbered like eventually. 
I guess, well, maybe it's naive to say because it's, it's months until, it's like at least a month until Lewis Robert and um, Eli are back, but he's not, he's not the, he's not the long-term play. Like Yerman is done. There's a spot open at DH. Andrew Vaughn's playing the outfield. They got to play you at first. And there's a spot for the, for a designated hitter there. All right. Here's another one. Gavin Sheets or Lamont Wade Jr.? I'd still take Gavin Sheets. Maybe, oh, I guess I'm really high on Gavin Sheets. You're, I don't know. Yeah, you're loving Gavin Sheets, man. I, I like Wade. I really like what he's doing. I like, I like Wade too, but like that outfield is just a crowded mess. They got Elliot Ramos coming up potentially and they got a lot of guys coming back from injury like you got it's like it's like like fucking Jalen Davis started what is it today or yesterday yeah Jalen Davis did start today I love Jalen Davis last year like in the draft champions and he have a he was an exit velocity driver yeah he's uh well and he had like he was a power speed he was he was like I loved him like the same way I loved Adolis Garcia like in these dynasty leagues and these like deep leagues I was drafting those guys because like he had he he is like an Adolis profile, Jalen Davis. Who was I trying to look at? White Sox. I'm trying to look at their lineup. So I looked at this before I did Fab. So hopefully I remember it correctly. Yeah, Gavin Sheets, been, he's been right field and he's DH first base right field. He's played, he's started six straight games. So they're going to find a spot for him. Who else plays right field? Adam Eaton, two of the last three games. Louis Garcia, like... Like if Gavin Sheets continues to hit, look at his look at his look at his K walk in the minors, look at his K walk in the majors. Um, he's got decent power. I think he's like Gavin Sheets, not to just copy, not to be just the, for the namesake, but like um, who's he on the Diamondbacks? Gavin is it Gavin Pavin Smith. Pavin Smith. Pa- Pavin, yeah, Pavin Pavin Smith. Yeah, he's like I think I think Gavin Sheets is like a Pavin Smith, but like better. That's lofty. Or could like like not yet, but I think like that's like I think like Pavin Smith could be like his floor. Like as long as he gets to play and things, I think he's he's getting to play. Like he's played six, he started six straight games. He's the 18th best player on the player raider um, over the last seven days. Man, I gotta I gotta pick up Gavin Sheets everywhere. This is the well, only. Don't- don't listen to me. Andrew Vaughn's also really hitting. Andrew Vaughn's also the 16th best player over the last seven days. No, I'm, I'm listening to you. Andrew Vaughn was available in one of the leagues. He got dropped. I put a bit on him. I'm just wondering where he That's crazy. Andrew Vaughn's been real fucking hot. Yeah. Andrew Vaughn is so hot right now. I should actually, he's, I shouldn't let him slip any further in these drafts I'm in right now. You need a second baseman, don't you? Is he, is he first base outfield? He's first base in outfield. Yeah, he's probably around pick one. Up around pick two hundred. Um, I think I got him in one of them. I think I missed him in another one. I should. I should grab. Um, I should grab Andrew Vaughn. I'm trying to look. I just want to look at one last thing. Where did he go? Is he? Here, here's a, here's another one for you. Gavin Sheets or Hunter Dozier? Gavin Sheets. Hunter Dozier is like a drop. I'm just, I'm just asking you your Do- Do- uh, Dozier's been good the last couple of days, but man, like he's been so bad. Like, like how, like when do you cut the cord? Like Hunter Dozier's a drop in like a 12 team league, right? Go with some, go take, take next man up. 
Yeah, in a 12 team league. Like in a 15 team? Like, yeah. I admittedly, I dropped Dozier in a 15 team league. Here we go. Somebody, So somebody dropped um, Jesus Sanchez for Andrew Vaughn. 95 bucks. So I probably put a, I put a bid in on him. I didn't get him. So I basically, yeah, I put a bid on for Vervon and I missed him. And then I ended up with Gavin Sheets for five bucks instead. So I, I prioritized Andrew Vaughn over Gavin Sheets. So if you're going to ask me that, Andrew Vaughn. I guess I could have asked that one next. That's, that's, that's at least one place where I draw the line there. Oh, uh, here, here's one. We never even talked about this. It's been so long. Were you a, were you a Sammy Long guy? No. No? I was not a Sammy Long guy. I was, I was short on Long. That was the week that I was grabbing Tucker Davidson, which didn't turn out well, but I, I was, I was, I was, I figured I'd get Tucker Davidson for a couple bucks rather than spend a shitload of money on Sammy Long. I got like none of him. Fair enough. All right. Well, on that note, I got, uh, yeah, I got to start renovating my basement tomorrow morning at like eight. So I got All right. And you got to do, you got to do some fab left too. Yeah, I gotta fuck around some bad. I gotta, I gotta put fucking like twenty claims in for Gavin Sheets. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Cutting, cutting Miguel Andujar. It's time. Ooh, time that's to a end. tough call. That's a tough call. Is, it, is that dynasty? No. Well, not. not. No, it's not a dynasty. Not this week. Wouldn't it be? A, it wouldn't be a keeper consideration. Yeah, I'd, I'd take a shot on Sheets. You look at his minor league record. I man, I've just. My introduction to Gavin Sheets has been sitting here shooting the trip. And I think I heard it on the Bob Eagles this morning. So I was probably distracted by Bob Eagles reading my attention. All right, man. Well, let's let's end off on that. Yeah, and uh, ho- hopefully hopefully we don't get canceled. I don't think we said anything that bad. I don't know. Nothing more or less than has been said out there on the real media. Plus, as we discussed, and as I mentioned, I have a hundred followers. Like, come get upset with me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I just like to play the game and talk about baseball. Yeah, it's um. What are you gonna cancel? It's fucking Twitter. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know, but we do have real lives. And... Gonna cancel my like, be like canceling my like, fucking Instagram. Who cares. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's the Draft Champions podcast brought to you by Rotoballer, the Rotoballer Network. Nick Mariano, and um, I'm just going off the cuff here, and um, Ariel Cohen. They do projections. They're amazing. Um, if you want all the premium content, um, there's the promo code CHAMPIONS, and uh, all you have to go to is the Rotoballer uh, website, which I don't recall exactly what the URL is. But I'm sure it's on the I'm sure it's on the read that they gave me that I don't have pulled up. But um, those the boys at Rollerball Rollerballer are awesome, and um, follow all the Rollerballer boys, um, Rotosurgeon, Amarante, those guys just are awesome. Rotoballer.com. <laughs> That's I know it's Rotoballer.com. I think there was some sort of a role in there, but. <laughs> There's something, there's something else, backslash something. I don't know. This is terrible. Anyways, that's it. That's it for this episode. Don't, don't cancel us.
by, by the way, you can't cancel us. There's nothing to cancel. So um, <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um, anyways, hope you enjoyed this podcast and we'll be, we'll be back again probably sooner than, than we were this time.